1: hello
0: hey
1: i'm <laughs> phil has I'm, a new voice
0: <laughs> i'm speaking to Felonius. <laughs> i love that that's great
1: now it's me hey what's up y'all so i look up here
0: <laughs> oh i mean yeah if you want the video i don't know if that's a thing
1: i don't think it's just audio right
0: uh, it's audio yeah i mean yeah. i record this sometimes i like splice a couple things together on youtube how you doing okay. phil Can you hear hey me? doing
2: well man how are you
0: Nice, nice. Thanks for setting all this up.
2: Oh, oh of course. Here, uh, Just so that his voice doesn't come up in the mic.
0: Putting to put? me to shame with my studio.
1: Woohoo. Woohoo. woo Oh, there you go. Oh, that sounds good.
2: Yeah. Okay, you can tune him up right there.
1: Okay.
0: That's awesome. Phil, can I have you come over here and do some stuff for me too?
1: Oh, he can't hear. He like, can said, <laughs> <I have know. laughs> like, can he have you at his house to fix his stuff?
2: Oh, this is short, yeah. <laughs> And yeah, totally not
0: a problem hilarious how are hey, you
2: have a good podcast guys
0: yeah. all right we're, we're gonna leave this in because it's fun <laughs> okay <laughs> how are you
1: i'm doing great how are you
0: i'm doing very well you've been running mm-hmm. around today
1: oh my god yeah i literally just ran through the door
0: oh no okay <laughs> well if you need some time to breathe you know that's fine Zen. There you go. Good Zen. Good Zen. We're
1: good. We're good.
0: Okay. Awesome. That's actually probably better because sometimes when you have too much time to like think about an interview or something, it can go awry or you can get anxious. I know I do at least.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. I'm so. like
1: kind of an introvert. So I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have to talk to a person. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, at least it's me. We know each other. Yeah. But um, I'm going to definitely get you to talk a little bit. So... <laughs> I wanted to start by just saying that we, well, we're, we're going, obviously, I wanted to start by saying that I saw you at no man's land recently, which mm-hmm. is a, an all women's or female identifying show at Shockbox. And you helped curate it and juried uh, juried, jurd, Gerard, Gerarded it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, how was that experience for you?
1: Um, It was really good and, um, like, really humbling in a lot of aspects. Um, Just, like, first of all, just being, like, asked to help plan and get the show together was really awesome because it kind of, like, just reiterated, like, how much, uh, like, I guess kind of respect that Mike and his community has, like, to even ask me to be a part of this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that was really nice. Um, and then just like seeing, uh, it's like it's different than going to a gallery and seeing the art that's selected, but to be a part of the art that's being selected is a totally different experience.
2: Definitely. Um,
1: yeah, and it kind of just makes you like look at your own work and like how you can grow as an artist or what, I guess, for lack of a better word, like what you're missing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like there's just so much out there. Um, So I don't know. It's just like, it was a really cool experience. A lot, a lot, a lot of powerful work.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, It was was really hard. Sorry, good.
1: Oh, it was like kind of hard to pick uh, which ones would be in the show just because there was so many, so many.
0: Yeah, I know. And the show, I mean, it came together great. Uh, I was Mm -hmm. at the Zoom opening and at the in-person opening, but there was just like a really good energy at the show. I mean, I think it also helped that it was like the first show without masks. So everybody was like really kind of excited, but the the work was amazing. And I know what you're saying. You almost go in there with like a sense of pride, right? Like you, not only is it just a show you're taking part of, but like you helped put this thing together, which is Mm -hmm. cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, you and the, and all the other ladies, I don't know if I can remember them off the top of my head, Amy, Christina, Mm Drika, who am I missing?
1: I I honestly don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there were so many.
1: All of us. I
0: just All see the us one. Ladies. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's awesome. Well, you did a great job. First, we're gonna just we're gonna get it out of the way right at the top.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: muka has got a solo show coming up. We do. It's called Sugar Coated, which <laughs> mm-hmm. is a great title, and it's April second at Shockbox. Yes. Are you gonna be? So you're gonna be doing like a Zoom opening, and also like a uh, physical opening.
1: Um, I need to talk to Mike about that. Um, I would like to do a Zoom opening just because I feel like it gets the excitement flowing and then like people come in and kind of like look at your art differently because they know yeah. the story behind it. But there's a there's an aspect to my show that I would like for people to figure out on their own. And mm-hmm. I don't know if having a Zoom opening prior to will. Uh, spoil that, so
0: oh okay, that might I'm conflict. With sure, that.
1: yeah, okay. I'm a little yeah.
0: Well, that's cool. I mean, I'm excited for it, but I wanted to talk to you because you've been very open about you know, oh, it's not always easy, right? It's kind of a yeah. struggle. Like, so I think a lot of people think, oh, you got a solo show; it's just great. You just throw all your work together and put it up on the wall. Everybody comes and looks yeah. at it, but it's not always that easy. And you're doing all new work for the show, correct?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes,
0: and. Tell us a little bit about it. I mean, tell us about the struggles. I know a lot of other artists out there will find it cathartic.
1: Yeah, it's definitely uh, it's a humbling experience. I did not. I think I severely underestimated what it means to have a solo show.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's it's a lot of work, not just like physically, like with your hand on a paintbrush, but it's a lot of work altogether. It's so exhausting. Uh, thinking of concepts thinking of how to portray what you really want to say and uh, just there's so much energy that goes into it too because I feel like a lot of people really I I feel at least me like I can feel when a painting was just painted versus when an artist really put their heart and soul into it yeah um and I'm I'm really terrified that that that's gonna happen like I I'm just like I have to go all in on every single piece and so I think I'm just like putting so much pressure on myself mm-hmm. so it it's definitely it's been fun like learning how this whole process flows and how I'm growing as an artist in this process but uh definitely very stressful a lot of crying a lot of
2: yeah. <laughs> a lot of
1: breaks a lot of talking with other artists um Talking with Mike a lot, just like random frantic texts. Yeah, I'm, I'm like so glad he's a psychologist because <laughs>
0: <laughs> that helps, right?
1: Yeah, a lot of, um, lot of
0: throwing things at Phil, you know.
1: Yep, a lot of a lot of throwing, a lot of tantrums, <laughs> lots of impromptu dates. Um, yeah, yeah, just it's been really tough, but I think it's. I mean, it's a labor of love at the end, you know. I think it's really going to show in the end. Yeah, and I'm just trying to put my heart into it because. I just keep saying, like, well, let's just say, like, the day that the show opens and I still have nothing completed, like, I feel just as long as there was emotion and like a tremendous effort into whatever is there, like, it'll matter. And I'll be proud of that, you know?
0: Definitely. Well, that's cool. It's funny, like, hearing you talk about it, it's one of those things where it's a delicate balance between kind of not getting in in your own way, right? Mm -hmm. And then putting, everything you have into it because it's like sometimes we want to put so much of ourselves and whatever our experiences into the work. And if you get like too in your head about it, sometimes you can like block yourself. Did you find that yeah. happening? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's why I've been kind of just in talking about a lot of artists. Like I was talking to Theodosia um about it. Theodosia Marchand, if you guys don't know who that is, she's oh, yeah. an, another awesome shockbox artist just talking to her about like the process cause she's done her solo show and things before, but just like, it, it's awesome. Like it, it's just a whole experience. Like people are really band together, at least the shock bucks people and kind of like lift you up and
0: like
2: yeah.
1: telling you how to navigate it. So just like those conversations with you guys have really helped. Good. Kinda, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's so important to have a community mm-hmm. because sometimes you can just feel like I've done shows where it's just been like, completely alone and <laughs> you're just like I don't know if people are going to show up to this at all like you know at least yeah. a good portion of like the shock box crew is going to show up Mike's got a good community down there mm-hmm. and yeah I'm just really excited I'm excited for it so keep us posted <laughs> what do you got now it's uh three I think weeks. I have
1: like three weeks yeah, yeah can and I it. have I'm like five percent finished so <laughs>
0: You're on pace.
1: Yeah, I've, I, for shock box standards, I'm, I'm ahead of the game. Yeah, so. exactly.
0: Well, it's funny too. It's like I used to do theater and doing art, doing so many different shows. It's funny because it always just comes together because mm-hmm. it has to. It comes together at the last minute. Like you might be, you might have like a wet painting that you're hanging, but it'll all come together and it's going to be great. So we got that out of the way. That's the first thing.
1: Woo. <laughs>
0: Woo. But everybody, check out sugar coated April second at Shockbox. So Muka is a nickname, mm-hmm. correct? Just yes. just to get this other way too. We both kind of have like a branded name that we use for our stuff, mm-hmm. and um, this was a nickname that was given to you by your parents, I guess. Well, sort of. Why don't you tell us?
1: Yeah. So Muka was when I was a baby. My parents used to call me Muñeca, which means little doll in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a brother who's older. He's a year and ten months older than me. Um, he couldn't say muñeca, obviously, he was a baby, and so what would come out was muka. And nice. so <laughs> that's what they started calling me was like muka. Um, and when I decided to like go full time into art, there's there's a lot of different reasons, but um, one of the main reasons that I wanted to kind of go under. I don't know. What's the, what's this name? Like, what's the, the fake name called? Like a,
2: Oh,
0: like a persona or like a uh, pen
1: name or something. Oh yeah. Pen name. or Yeah. I wanted like a pen name for it because I just, I had a lot of trauma in my past um, and there was like one person in specific that I was like trying to not get found by. Mm,
2: mm-hmm. um,
1: and so I was just like really insecure about like this new venture and kind of just traumatized from my past and so I was like, I need to not put my actual name on this uh.
2: um, because
1: I don't want it to be found or ridiculed or like, I just, I want nothing to do with that. And so I was trying to think of like, what could I, I could do my initials, but then like, what if I get married and then that changes? And <laughs> so I was trying to think of something permanent, but that also meant something.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so I just remember the name Muka and I was like, well, that's it. Like it's meaningful. And it's, it sounds like my real name a little bit. My real name's Margarita. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah.
0: Well, and also it's great because it, I, I read something that you said and you were kind of alluding to this, but it's almost like a callback to the younger artist inside too. Yeah. Which is great. I love that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. I wanted to honor like my family in a little way too, because I mean, yeah, none of this would be possible without them.
0: That's right, for yeah. sure. So I know you're originally from Houston. Um mm-hmm. and I had an ex-girlfriend who lived in Sugarland. Oh, okay. Do you know Sugarland?
1: Yeah, it's a little suburb.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh that's like the only time I've ever been there. Seemed like a cool town. Mm-hmm. I think we should just go into your origin story. If you've listened mm-hmm. to the podcast, we always talk about that. So you can start as early as you want and just take as long as you want.
1: Okay, so uh yeah, I'm from Houston, born and raised there. Uh I moved out of my parents' like my childhood home when I moved to LA uh, oh, wow. like 3 years ago. So I've only done one move, one big move, and that's it. Oh, that's um, nice. But uh yeah, I, I had a great childhood. It was just my mom, my dad, and my brother. It, I grew up like pretty conservative just because uh like my parents are from Mexico. Uh, they're both immigrants, and they're very Catholic in Mexico. Yes, um, and so we were raised like in that kind of Catholic Mexican Catholic household. And he, my dad, came over here when he was like twelve or something like that. So he, I guess, was kind of raised American. Mm-hmm. So like, there's like a different dynamic for like those people that they were they're like immigrants, but they're kind of like younger immigrants. Yeah. Um. So. I don't know how to explain it, but like it was just a weird dynamic. Like we grew up in like a Mexican Catholic household, but like as Americans. Mm-hmm. Like it was it was really it's a weird dynamic. Um so overall just very traditional and very, very sheltered.
0: Did you um, you had like the Catholic bubble, I'm assuming?
1: Yeah, I went to Catholic school. Oh, and, yeah. Like went I was an altar server, went to church every Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I did all of that. I had something um, similar,
0: but I wasn't Catholic,
1: but yeah, anyway. Yeah, it's just very conservative family. Yeah, and so uh, when I finally graduated from college, I was 20, I think I was like 27, 26, 27. That was like my ticket out of the house. So like the main reason, obviously I went to get an education, but the main reason I went and finished college was to give my mom my freedom ticket. <laughs> um and so
2: You mean
0: I like got, they wanted you to get that done? Like that I was ha- your kind of rite of passage.
1: That was like their last job. Like once I did that, they were like, you can do whatever you want. And nice. so I it took me seven years, but I did it, got my, <laughs> got my degree um in communications and I gave my mom the diploma. It's still at my mom's house.
0: And here like, you hey, go, mom, peace. Yep, basically,
1: <laughs> yeah. And I like immediately started looking for jobs here. Mm-hmm. in LA. Um, cause I knew I wanted to move. I wanted to like do something in PR and mm-hmm. um, be a publicist or something. And so I moved, um, and then I got a job, everything was great, but then it like quickly just kind of like disintegrated. Like I was, Wait, like, you
0: got a job at like a PR firm.
1: I got a job. Um, I started as a, a uh, personal assistant to this, mm-hmm. uh, like high profile person. You um, might
0: know her as Kim Kardashian. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <no.
2: laughs> yeah. Um,
1: yeah. So I I started there, and then it quickly just evolved, like doing different things for them. So it was like I was doing like her PR and her social media and all the things, but it just like it wasn't hitting. Like I was like, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. I don't know if I want to yeah. grow in this in this field. And so I was with Phil already by that time, my husband. Um, Did
0: you meet him here?
1: I met him before I moved here just through like mutual friends. And he was also kind of the reason I moved here. Not the main reason, but like obviously like a perk. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was working that job and I just like got really depressed because it just like it wasn't hitting the way that I thought it would. And so, like, Phil and I talked about it, and he was like, look, like, if you're going to do – if you're going to, like, quit, like, you need to find your passion. Like, what's your passion? And so, I still remember, like, I was super, super depressed in, like, a depressive season, and uh, there was, like, a art documentary on Netflix. I forgot what it was, mm-hmm. but I didn't – he wanted to watch it, and I didn't want to watch it because I, I didn't want anything – to do with art because I was like, it's just going to remind me that like, I'm not doing what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I'm going to see these people on the documentary and I'm going to get jealous. And then I'm just going to like go into a hole and cry. <laughs> um, and yes. so he made me watch it anyway, but then right after uh, it finished, he drove me to Blick and was like, you need to get whatever you want. Like we're going to, you're going to get started. Yeah. And so. I got a bunch of canvases. I got a bunch of paint, like the cheapest paint that they had, the cheapest yep. starter uh, brush pack that's like $5.99. <laughs> uh, I only bought black and white paint, too. Like, that's how I started. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. And so we got home. He made me like a little corner at the house with like a cheap little like $12 Amazon easel.
0: Yeah, the little flimsy uh, easel.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have a photo of, of my, of my little startup like studio on my Instagram. Oh, I love it. It's so funny. Yeah. And I just like started painting. And then um, finally, like, I, I was like, this sucks. Like I was painting with just black and white just because I was like, oh, I need to master. I was making all these excuses. Like, I need to master black and white before I can get into color. And I need to <laughs> master the shading and saying all these things to myself. Mm-hmm. But it, like, it sucked. Like, it's so embarrassing. Like, all of the, the stuff that I was sh- trying to make or, like, trying to make myself fit into.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so, I went and finally, like, bought like some pink paint. Cause I was like this, I need pink paint. So I went and bought some yes. pink paint and I went and bought some, the most neon fluorescent spray paint that I could find, which is like the super fluorescent yellow. And I came home and I painted like a, like a naked girl, like a, mm-hmm. the body of a naked girl. And I like spray painted uh, like a smiley face over her head. I've seen it. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's like, that was like my first like, painting and i was like oh shit like this actually looks pretty good and Mm -hmm. then uh phil came home for work and i showed it to him and he was like what the fuck like that's awesome and so uh, since that moment i was like you know what i think i can actually do this well has
0: something the piece has something to say too
1: yeah, like, I don't know, it just, like, it all came together, like, it had my own voice in it, because, like, I my black and white stuff was so, like, trying to be derivative off of other people's stuff, or mm-hmm. it was just, like, like, shitty abstract, like, it had no composition or anything to mm-hmm. it, this, like, just, like, it said me, like, in a way that I had never seen,
2: like, mm-hmm.
1: I've done art all my life, but this just felt like something, um, and so, like, that night, I started, like, Basically, stalking all these galleries, trying to see like who has art like mine, mm-hmm. and I found Shockbox, and that was like right around the time I think they were doing the Love Hurts show. Yep, I still have I it remember. saved. I still have it saved on my on my like Instagram posts. Um, and I, was I did like, a little
0: Instagram stalking of you today, and went back. Oh and yeah, saw all that stuff. Yep.
1: Oh, I gotta love a good Instagram stock.
0: <laughs> <laughs> gotta get one out of there sometimes, you know. Yeah, but I love. I remember seeing you on one of those first shows. I don't know if that was the first one you spoke at, but I remember seeing your little. I think was that the little corner you're talking about where you had your setup?
1: No, this is like nobody knows this. So like, <laughs> oh, <Uh-oh.
0: laughs> so We're the real deal.
1: Okay, so yeah, I started stalking Shockbox. It wasn't that show that I applied to, but that's where I like got Shockbox got on my radar. Mm-hmm. Um, I applied to the. The pandemic show, uh, Don't Touch, was it Don't Touch Your Face? Don't Touch Your Face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the one that I applied to and got into, and that's how I started with Shockbox. But uh, the, the background, like my little studio that was in my background on that first show, it was like my first show and all that. Yeah. I like went shopping for like a week and like converted our third bedroom into my studio. So I oh, literally... Nice. Like painted that the, sh- the piece I got into the show I painted in that little shitty corner of our house like on the floor with like the cat <laughs> like walking all over it
2: mm-hmm. and I was like
1: oh my god I'm like in a gallery like I have to I have to fit the part so I like yep. went and bought my little outfit and like did my hair and I like turned the whole bedroom into my studio hung all the art and like it was co- totally staged like that was Fake not- it was now
0: you make it baby. <laughs> right <laughs> yeah that was
1: not my studio at all but i mean it definitely it turned into my studio after that because i was like well i'm not moving out now like
0: you like manifested it it was like this is going to be what's yeah. happening and you and you got in with a gallery it's like everything you were going for happened
1: yeah it just happened and ever since that show it just like snowballed into like this thing i don't know it's like what it is now it's it's a whole brand and a whole lifestyle and a whole career it's just so weird
0: it's awesome yeah well I love how you hit the ground running
2: mm-hmm. and
0: you it's like you just plugged in right away you, you know yeah. what you wanted you figured out what you wanted and you went and you got it and there was a little <laughs> bit of like a fake it till you make it but that's what we all do and yeah. as far as like those little studio spaces some of my best paintings have been painted in a corner of a room or yeah. like my studio when I couldn't afford it to barely eat. And I had like, I had to break down my studio, my kitchen every day. Some of my best stuff comes from there. So it doesn't yeah. matter where you paint, you know what I mean? But I mean, obviously once you start painting a lot, you need more space. It yeah. becomes practical, but I love hearing those, those origin stories. <laughs> um. Oh, sorry, but um, your dog is uh <laughs> it's uh, is she making
1: noise yeah can i can hear, hear the
0: squeaky toy oh god and the growling. <laughs> i mean it's cute
1: phil can you come get stormy yeah
0: <laughs> stormy i love it stormy we love you but you know
1: you gotta go girl
0: we gotta hear muka <laughs> thanks again phil well so oh, sorry were you done with the origin story yeah I, the there's song?
1: some little bits and pieces there but i guess they'll come out when they come out but yeah. that's like the basis of it
0: I love it. Well, and and the cool thing about the whole PR thing, I almost see a little bit of that sensibility in your art. Like you kind of have a little bit of like a pop culture aesthetic to your pieces, like some of the Gucci stuff, the Teddy Mm -hmm. stuff. Like, I love that. Was that, does that come from your like PR days at all?
1: It actually like, it comes from my interests. Like um, a lot of, I feel like, I don't know what the word is. I guess The best way I can say it is I feel rude because like people have all these interests and like people know about like art and I don't know, like history and all these things. Mm -hmm. I don't know anything about anything, but I do know, like I know what the Kardashians were wearing last night. (laughs) I know like what Ariana Grande, like how she got her star. I know like pop culture and I don't know some people might like knock me for it, but like, that's like, I just love pop culture and like the, I don't know, I guess like the, the society, I love society. I love people watching. I love like Mm -hmm. hearing people's stories. I love almost, I guess I'm kind of, you could call me like, um, I don't know, maybe like an anthropologist. Like I just love like culture and people.
0: Like a, like a cultural anthropologist, cultural
1: anthropologist, modern day cultural anthropologist.
0: I love it. Well, no, and it's cool because I mean, that is something like that is a passion and it shows in Mm -hmm. your work and it's part of your style. And I think that's part of the reason why your work has like struck a chord with people and is selling because you kind of have your finger on the pulse, but it's also not, it's not just like, Oh, you know, I'm painting a Gucci bag. You're painting a Gucci bag with some attitude you know what yeah. I mean you've got that style like you say you call your work a little bit snarky which I would mm-hmm. say yeah that 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 resonates with me there's that element to it that takes it a little step further which, which is accessible to not only the people who like Gucci but also the people who kind of like fuck Gucci you know what I mean <laughs> so yeah it kind of works for for all that which I love
1: yeah and like a, a big part of my art too um I think like I we like messaged about this is like um a lot of it comes from me not feeling heard a lot of the time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so my art is like so loud. And like a lot of the times uh, it says what I'm thinking, but it's like rude. it's too rude to say, or I'm too intimidated to like express my opinion about it. Um, which I think that's why people relate to it. Yeah, um, It's because like we're all thinking it, but no one's going to say it. And so like, I, that's where Teddy talks came from that whole series. I did because I was like, nobody's going to say these things, but like Teddy will say it.
0: Teddy can say it and he's cute enough to say it.
1: He's cute (laughs) and no one's going to like put him in jail for it or anything.
0: Yeah, exactly. I love that. I, I, there's a little bit of a connection. I I think you saw some of my old Teddy stuff, but not Teddy Mm -hmm. stuff, but I called it like the little bear. Cause I gave my wife this little bear when we first started dating many years ago and mm-hmm. it became a little bit of an alter ego for me. Like I painted this thing called like the little bear who lost his way. And it was like a bear with like a wine bottle and like little wine stains coming down the Aww. face. And I was like, but it was me, you know, I was like, that's who I am. I'm like, at this point in my life, I was like a little bit of a drunkard and I was mm-hmm. portraying that. And then they, it, it went on and did like a series of nine, but yours is completely different than that. But I also, I could completely understand where you're coming from. Cause it's almost like a little bit of an alter ego for you as well.
1: Yeah, it's definitely an alter ego. Like, I think the whole Muka brand is also an alter ego. Like, mm-hmm. um, just like looking at my Muka Instagram and my personal Instagram, like Margarita and Muka are two completely different people. Definitely. Uh, and it's like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, it's just, I'm able to live these two lives. It's almost mm-hmm. like a, I don't know. It's just, I feel like I'm two different people. And it's like, it's really cool because like, it's such a blessing to be able to, like live out these different parts of myself. And I think like Muka is definitely like Margarita's very introverted and
2: mm-hmm. like
1: reserved and polite and like, you know, the Catholic, like Mexican <laughs> traditional person, but yeah. Muca's is definitely like the little girl that couldn't say fuck.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yes. I love it. Well, you've given yourself a platform to express yourself completely. Mm-hmm. And that's great. It's kind of like what all the old comedians did, you know, they would, all the stand-ups, they would kind of develop a persona that allowed them to go out on stage and kind of be larger than life. It kind of reminds me of that a little bit with what you yeah. do.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. That's cool. Well, um, Muka is also a fellow, fellow program artist. I wanted to talk to you about uh, another program artist that you share a studio with, yeah. Christina Amrita. So how did that come about? How did you decide to share a studio? How's that going? Walk us through like a day in the life of the studio. Do you guys paint together or do you do you get like timeshare?
1: <laughs> These are all great questions. <laughs> um, so it started out, uh, I honestly, I can't pinpoint how it started, but at some point we were just like both saying that we like wanted a studio space. And then I actually, we Phil and I had to move. We were like in a three bedroom house. And mm-hmm. I had, like, the third bedroom, and I had, um, like, a backyard and all this space to spray paint and do all this stuff. Oh, and nice. we ended up moving to downtown LA. And so we're, like, in, high, in a high rise. Like, we, I, there's nowhere to paint. I can't spray paint in the house because it'll get into the hallway and stuff. Yeah. And so at that point, I really seriously started looking for a studio. And I remembered, like, Christina saying that she also was looking. And so uh, I found this one place. Uh, I don't know. Is it smart to say where my studio is?
0: <laughs> you could just say the area, the general oh, area. It's a, okay. Yeah. So
1: there was a studio space in the arts district and it was a little bit out of my price range. Um, but I was like, I think Christina and I can make this work. Yes. So I messaged her. We went to go see it. And like, we were a little, it's still like a kind of a spend, you know, like LA, like real estate and stuff. So oh, yeah, it was, it was definitely going to be an adjustment for us, but we were just like, we can't like pass it up. Like this, this is like, this is it. And so, and, we, it, and
0: it can like take you to the next level too.
1: Yeah. It, like it, we signed the lease and we were just like, this is, this is our year. Like we're going to be art bad bitches. Like we're going to yeah. get the space and we're going to work and work and work. And we're going to sell art. And so, yeah, we did it. And like, it was, it was really weird because like for the first like few months that we started, um, that we rented, our art was flying off the shelves. Like every, like every week, like we would get texts like from Mike, like, oh, you guys sold, you guys sold. And like, it just really kind of reiterated like that we were on the right path. So yeah, it's uh, but now it's like, it's, we're still there. It's awesome. Um, we're kind of we've run into each other. We don't have like set schedules. We kind of just go when we feel like it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. Christina and I just kind of bond, like we're just bonded at the soul for some, I don't know where that happened. We're from the same planet or something. Yeah. Um, so we just kind of like get each other and like, I guess that works for our schedule too. Cause like when I'm there, she's not when she's there, I'm not, it just happens.
0: That's cool. I, yeah. I I don't know why I envision you both in there just like throwing paint at the canvas, but it's yeah. cool. I mean, I mean, it's nice also to have a little bit of that alone time to be able to create.
1: Yeah. And like it's def- we definitely I think we are like conscious of each other, too. Like I think like if if I see her like that, she's at the studio, like if she's posting Instagrams and things like I try like not to go just because I know what it's like to be in a flow
2: Yeah, for sure.
1: I don't want to disturb that. And I think it's the same for her. So
0: that's why I've always kind of shied away from those. But I also kind of get jealous sometimes because I'm like, it's nice to have a little bit of a community where you are. Is it one of those things where you bump into other artists quite a bit? Do people like show up to your studio, knock on the door or is it kind of everybody keeps to themselves?
1: Um, Everyone kind of keeps to themselves, but they do have like, um like open art nights and stuff. So there is like a sense of community, but it's a pretty chill spot. Um, That's cool. And there, there's actually like this pretty big name artist. I, I don't, I don't want to name them because I don't want people to find out where we are, but right. um that came out of that studio, like just like a month before we moved in that person oh, moved wow. out. And so it was just like really cool. Like, Oh, we really are on the right path. Like there's, we're right there.
0: There's a good energy Yeah. there. Yeah. That's awesome. That's yeah. cool. I, know, I heard you talking to uh, Debbie Corbell has been a, an old uh-huh. friend of mine. We've been like, we were with the same agent for a while and we've kind of, she used to come into my work where I worked and we've known each other for a long time, but did you ever get a chance to hook her up with a, a space?
1: Well, I gave her all the information, um, so it would be cool if she did end up at that space. They have yeah. a lot of, like, studios. There are different sizes, so it would be really cool to have a familiar face, another oh, familiar yeah. face. Yeah, yeah,
0: she's great, and it's one of those, that's like a nightmare to have your studio space so established, and she has, like, big, heavy work, Yeah, and then just be like, oh, all right, We're, they, like, lost their lease or whatever, or oh, God. sold it, and they're like, you're out, everybody's out. I also had another friend who was in the Tokyo art complex, you know, the one that got, that caught on fire.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. She lost all of her work, her entire catalog of work.
1: Yeah. I a nightmare. I know. i we might be talking about the same person, but I do also know a person that was, that's kind of in our community that lost all her stuff. So that might be the same person.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah that's the nightmare. So yeah. You got married recently. I wanted to. I wanted to say congratulations about Thank that. Thank you. So, how was that? You did that during COVID, right?
1: Yeah we we had to like cancel, reschedule, replan, redo. So like it was just kind of a nightmare to try to do the whole wedding, like reception and all that stuff. So it wasn't like the day that we were envisioning, but uh, it definitely was like the day that we needed. Um, so it went from like 150 plus people to only 25
0: um, oh that's nice though
1: yeah at a little at a restaurant in houston um and then like to get our marriage license like you're supposed to go into the court like i don't know a week before you get married
0: Mm -hmm. so
1: like we got married on zoom because the courthouses were closed oh really yeah so i have like a photo of us like Officially getting married on the couch, like at our house. Oh my Zoom. god!
0: I didn't realize yeah. they could do that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess they had to because yeah. it was like right in the middle of COVID. So, yeah. And
0: the only, you know, couple things that were good about COVID was like I didn't have to go into the DMV. <laughs> to get yeah. My you know what I mean? They just were like, "All right, we'll just send it to you." So, well, I'm I'm sure you probably wanted. I don't know if you wanted to have like the big wedding or whatever, but that's nice. That's convenient to just be able to do it from from your couch.
1: Yeah. Well, we did end up having like our wedding day because that was just oh, like, okay. like the legal getting married. Yeah. Um, but we did have like our wedding day at church and then we had like a, like a dinner with 25 people. But yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a heartbreak. Like we definitely grieved like what our expectations were. Yeah, um, But I mean, there, there were bigger problems in the world. So we, we yeah. just felt really blessed that we both made it and our families made it safely. So.
0: Well, and sometimes it's nice to have intimate like yeah my, my wife and I did like a little DIY destination wedding in Idaho and we had like 30 people there and it was beautiful We, like, we yeah you get it, to you know? talk
1: to everyone yes yes yeah.
0: it was great so yeah we had it like, ended we had, up good that's good well congratulations on that it's kind of been a big time for you
1: yeah I like got a new career got married <laughs> got a dog like everything
0: solo show
1: <laughs> I know
2: yeah.
0: what's next for Muka? Gucci, uh, Gucci, um, sponsorship.
1: Maybe? I would, you know, I don't know how to do that, but I would love like a collaboration. Like, hell yeah! can I splatter some paint on a Louis bag or something? That yes.
0: Be- I think yeah. you can do it. I mean, you just got to kind of put it out there. You know what I mean? Like, I think if you can get it out to enough people, somebody will see it. I think you would be great. I think it would be like kind of a cool irreverent way to, to get out the Gucci brand or, or something like that. Maybe it's not Gucci. Yeah. My wife and I, we always do this little thing from this show. We always do this Gucci thing. I don't know if that's where that comes from. It's like the little hard hands. But um, um, so I love that you're uh, accepting like the process and not like pushing yourself yeah. right now because you were talking about how you have accepted the wave, like riding the wave of, oh, I used to be so, you know, I get down on myself for not be able to create every day or whatever. But now you're saying you have these little incubation periods right? Mm-hmm. And then you come and you spill it all out, get it out there, sell, and then you go back into a state of, I guess you said a state of a depression. Let's talk about all <laughs> that. But um, that's really cool that you embrace that because I'm always talking about on the show, you know, whatever, sometimes not waiting for the, the muse and just getting out there and doing it. But there also is the flip side. There mm-hmm. is that side of like taking time for yourself and, and taking time to process things and not push yourself. So I would love to hear a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. Um, I was actually listening to uh, your podcast with Sarah Svetlana and oh, she, yeah. she like put the nail, like she hit the nail on the head uh, when she was like saying that she like embraced these periods as like kind of research,
2: mm-hmm.
1: like taking these moments and like learning, like what is the universe trying to teach me in these moments? Like, obviously I'm not meant to paint right now. Yeah, uh, I'm something I'm learning something to better myself, which is only going to better my my art and my outcome and my passions. Um, sure. So, yeah, I, at first I used to really like beat myself up about it. I was like, oh, my God, I'm like a one hit wonder. Like I sold all these pieces. I think I my first year I sold like, I don't know, I like 30 paintings or something like that. Yeah, that's great. Um, and i I it started like dying down because I wasn't like putting out new work, and like mm-hmm. I'm sure all artists know like there's an algorithm to selling your work oh, online. Yeah. you have to stay on top of the algorithm and stay relevant.
0: I know it very well,
1: yeah, so I wasn't putting out any new work, so I wasn't getting put in front of anyone, so my sales slowed down, um and I wasn't feeling creative and I got like i'm I'm just like a depressive person, like I've always had depression and anxiety. And so, uh, I just got like into this really depressive season. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, just beat myself up about it. And finally, like, I just kind of learned, like, this is, I think this is just how I create, like, I tried to force myself to go into the studio and paint things, but it was just, it was all shit. Like it wasn't, it didn't say anything. It was just brush strokes, It was frustration. Like it wasn't it, it, it wasn't working for me. And so I was like, I can't, I'm not that type of person like that can just like paint myself through a creative block. Yeah. I just have to kind of like be depressed and on the couch for however long it takes. And yeah, I just, I rode that wave. And then finally, like, I feel like in the new year, I don't know what happened. Something happened where I was like, okay, it's done. Like you've learned what you needed to learn. Welcome. You've
0: absorbed all the information.
1: Yeah, and like from one day to the other, I think you can even tell, like on my Instagram, like from like it's like January first, it's like post, 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 like all the time, like every day because I just woke up, um, yeah. and I think like a big part of that was try like accepting that art for me at least uh, needs to come from a place of of wanting to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, and not having to do it, like not putting the pressure on myself of like, this is your career. You're an artist. You have to work nine to five every day and paint or else you're like a lazy, like stay at home wife basically. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, no, I I think that's absolutely correct. For me, I found a little bit of like a patchwork that works for me because I do, I do rely so much on my sales too. And I mean, I, I know you do as well. But like, for me, it's one of those things where I found, and maybe this is not healthy, but for me, it just works. And I think that's mm-hmm. what it is. It's like, whatever the fuck works for you is what you yeah. do. Right? So for me, it's like, I get so much of my worth. Like I, if I don't create for like three days straight, I will go into a depressive state mm-hmm. and I will like not come out of it and I'll have anxiety. And I, I also suffer from those, but in a different way. Like when I actually get out there and start painting, and then I create something that I'm really like, it can't, if it's crap, I will feel even worse. But mm-hmm. if I get in there and I create something that makes me feel good, then it's like, all right, I'm back. And I, and like, I kind of have that, whatever that pizzazz, that takes me to the next day. So it's weird. Like it's just whatever works for you that works. And I think it's great for people and all the artists out there to hear that there's no one size fits all approach. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: and definitely like, um, Like seek the advice of your artistic community, like listen to artists, but like that, it doesn't mean you have to like do what they're saying. Like you said, like, it's not one size fits all. Like,
0: yeah, it's listening and then it's finding your own path at the same time.
1: Yeah. I think, I think just take away from all the stories from everybody, like that everyone's story is different. Mm -hmm. Like, okay. Yeah, like Preston's story sounds different from Christina. Sounds different from Amy's. Like, so that means like I'm not crazy. Like, <laughs> I I'm gonna paint for six months and then I'm gonna literally fall off the earth for eight months and but I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna paint for eight more months and then disappear for three and yeah. that's just how that's no, how it's it, gonna work.
0: It definitely sounds like an incubation period. Like that sounds like that works for you. The question is like, I just had this question because I know as artists too, we go through different stages in our careers, like different seasons. And for me, for example, I, I was really, I went through a dark period for like 14 years. Like I was just, I couldn't, like, I was just a depressive drinking all the time, painting dark stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: then I just, that kind of went away and I, be, I became happier. And all of a sudden my color started to become brighter and I started doing abstract stuff. And, and now that's what I love to do. And sometimes I'll dip back into it, but that's what I love to do now. And I've found personally, and I'm wondering for you, like that I can kind of dip back in and revisit some of that angst, like some of those stored up feelings that I had in the past, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like some of those yeah. stored up like horrible moments. I'm like, okay, if I need to go dark, I can just kind of tap into that and then go dark again So my question to you is, what happens if like the angst dries up? You know what I mean? Is there another do you see yourself being able to paint um, a different way or, or transitioning into something else?
1: Uh I think so and this was actually like one of the the topics that was causing me a lot of anxiety
2: oh, and really? I had
1: yeah I had a like a a late night text sorry Mary uh with with Mike <laughs> again my my unofficial therapist Yeah yeah I was like freaking out one night because I was like oh my god like am I just the hot pink girl with the teddy bears? Like, is that it? <laughs> like, like this is what everyone thinks about me. Is that all I can paint? Like what happens if I want to paint with Brown one day? Like, right. Like, right. did I paint myself into a hot pink corner already? <laughs> you know,
2: At least it's and, pretty corner.
1: yeah. And I've just kind of learned, like, it doesn't fucking matter. No one, no one gives a shit.
2: Yeah. Like you're right.
1: They're, they're going to absorb what you put out there. So Mm -hmm. one day I might come out with a completely like brown and beige abstract and that's just it. Like I, you got to paint for yourself and not for, not for other people. And also what I've realized, like with my sales, like the pattern that I found is when I'm painting to, when I'm painting and I'm like, oh, this, let me paint something that I know people will want. Those are still in my storage unit. Like no one's bought those. Yep. People buy the stuff that you just paint for yourself and that you like
0: just
1: 100% threw up
2: on a you're canvas.
0: Absolutely right. It's almost like that when that critic comes out and says, oh, you should do this, you know, oh, you need to do this a little more. I know that's a dead painting, like right there. Like it's yeah. always when you're in that flow state and you're like, yes, this is it. This is it. You're like dancing yeah. in the studio. You're feeling it. That Those are the ones that sell.
1: Yeah. And yeah. so that's a, to kind of answer your question, I like go off track to like. Um, no, that's good. I think that's where my head's at with that question is like, it it doesn't matter. I, I don't really care if I run out of that angst because something will come out and mm-hmm. whatever that is, that's good. That's going to be what it is.
0: That is the complete, that's like the answer I wanted to hear yeah. because we do it. Like we have, we have seasons as artists. And and sometimes that's like, you have the incubation period. Sometimes that's a sale season. Like I know once you start selling well, when that kind of dries up, those are moments too, where you start to get like, oh my God, am I, am I not painting well? And is my art not yeah. good enough? You know what I mean? Like, and then you start getting so into that, like, oh, I got to, I got to sell, I got to sell, but it's another way to bring yourself back to like, okay, I got to just get refocused on what I'm doing, why I do this in the first place, which is for, mm-hmm. for me, for you, you know, for all of us, mm-hmm. that's why we should be creating art. It should always be for us first.
1: Yeah. And it's definitely it's it's been a big learning curve, like just with myself as a person, because like it almost when I was going through my big selling like period, it was like it became like an addiction. Like, yeah, yeah, the was like a, the dopamine hit, like every time Mike would message me like, oh, Ding. another one, another, yeah. another one. And like, if I didn't Gucci. get yeah. if, I didn't, <laughs> Sorry. if I didn't see like Mike's name pop up on my phone. If I didn't say Mike Collins, I was like, ah. like, oh, like what's happening? Like, and I would like suffer like withdrawal symptoms, you know, and then that would like just spearhead the whole like, oh, I'm a one hit wonder. I suck. I'm yep. not going to paint. And yeah, I had to kind of like learn how to cope with the success of being an artist too, because that yeah. will kill you.
0: Like for sure. Yeah. And it's lonely at the top, you know, people, when, when you start selling well, people Mm kind of like, I don't know, they, you you get a little bit, you get some love, but you also get some haters and you get Mm -hmm. some like, oh, a lot of rationalization. Oh, well, she's just a girl who paints pink, whatever, teddy bears. Mm -hmm. And so they kind of reduce you to something that makes sense in their mind. It's like a shortcut to thinking, you know? And then that can also be damaging. So it's like part of being an artist is living with the highs and understanding the lows and just kind of taking them in stride, you know? Yeah. So but I, I'm like, I see you selling and, and I see you going through that too. And and I just feel excited for you when you sell. So you. so you got a supporter in me, Muka.
1: Yeah. And likewise, I get like so excited when I see your little red dot pose, (laughs) I'm like, yes, another one. And I like, it's like a, like a healthy competition because every time I see you, I'm like, okay, my turn.
0: (laughs) I know when I started seeing you selling a lot, I was like, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I see you. No, that's great. I mean, it's because we all go through that. Like, I remember when I first started getting online, I would see this one person, this one artist. And I was like, ah, oh, he's just, I would just reduce it. I was doing that. And when I started to learn to appreciate that and like, see it as a rising tides lifts all boats and like, oh, this is something that I can do. Like this, his success. And as an example of what I could possibly do. Once I started mm-hmm. seeing that and adopting that mindset, everything just kind of got better. Yeah. We
1: shouldn't you shouldn't be really... fighting
0: against each other, you know?
1: Yeah. Just like stay in your lane. Yes, and you're gonna be fine. Like anytime I try to get more derivative, or I try to do it like them, or I try to, you know, like, be someone I'm not at an art opening, so I can engage different people like it just, it doesn't work.
0: Yeah, 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 100%. I love it. I I, I think you're in the right headspace. So that's good to hear. Social media, since we're kind of like on this topic.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. I, I mean, I saw you doing YouTube for a while. I don't know if you still are. I saw you're doing TikTok. I know you're on Instagram. I know. I think that's your main source, like just like me. But are you using that as a tool? Is it something fun? How do you use social media?
1: So uh, it's de- it's like my it's definitely my marketing. I see it as like an extension of of my job as an artist. No part of social media is like fun. It's it's a lot of work, and so I am like Instagram is my main like social media platform Mm -hmm. um youtube i try to do but it's just it's so difficult to it's like you have to kind of pick a career or like how what you want to do as an artist like uh, the type of artist i think that i want to be just doesn't have the bandwidth for a youtube channel as well it's a full-time job yeah and like i i meant well with the youtube like i i meant it as like more of a like I felt like I got a lot of help to get to where I am mm-hmm. as an artist. And so I wanted to kind of put that back. And so like the videos I do have up are kind of like kind of like how intro to artists, what supplies to buy and things like that. Yeah, um, But it's just, it's too much. I can't keep up with it. At least like not without a team. I think maybe in the future, once I grow a little more and can afford a team. Yes. Maybe, but um,
0: I can th- kind of outsource some of that stuff.
1: Yeah, but trying to do it all yourself. I know there are people that do it, but I I cannot. Um, But also
0: because it takes away the people that are doing that. I like, you know, you hear like the Gary Vaynerchuks of the world and stuff like that. Like they he's always like bragging about you got to be able to work 18 hour days. You got to work 18. I'm like, I don't want to fucking work an 18 hour day. Like I work, I work eight to 12 hours and I'm like. I leave everything out there on the field and I like need some time with my wife. I need some mm-hmm. time with my friends, some time to just chill out. I don't know if you feel the same way.
1: Yeah, I definitely, I agree.
0: Yeah. Cause you're yeah. going to burn out. You know what I mean? You will burn out and you, you got to have, we got to protect that energy that goes into our art too. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. 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 So uh, Instagram is basically like the main thing. Um, I, I just started trying to do TikTok just because mm-hmm. I've seen what it can do for people. And I'm like, yeah, let me just try. So I don't know. I'm just kind of throwing spaghetti at the wall at this point with, with social media, but Instagram for it. sure.
0: So how long have you been doing TikTok?
1: Uh, a, a few months. Okay. Yeah. And it's not like steady. Like I don't think it's going to take me anywhere because you have to be consistent. Again, like these, a lot of people knock influencers and content creators, mm-hmm. but it's so, it's a job. Like. It is a job. I, I don't have, I can't. <laughs>
0: It's almost like being, you know, head of marketing for yourself.
1: Yeah, right? it definitely is. It's a job
0: that mm-hmm. I have the bandwidth to do it to an extent, but I'm mm-hmm. just like you, I want to hire somebody at some point.
1: You yeah. Know? And like you, you're already doing way more than I ever could. Like with your podcast, I'm just like, God, like how does person
0: like it's hard? Y-
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I love, I love it too. That's the thing, you know, like I love doing it and that that's what keeps me coming back. But Hey, you got to do the editing. You got to yep. do the marketing. You got to mm-hmm. do all the polishing. Yeah. So it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I, I love to see you trying stuff on these different platforms and TikTok and Instagram. I do have one important question. When yeah. you were going through your incubation period,
2: mm-hmm.
0: were you paying attention to social media?
2: Uh,
1: Kind of like okay. I, I would, I would do a lot of like kind of disassociated scrolling.
0: That's um, the key word. Yeah
1: yeah so i wasn't really absorbing a lot i think i i definitely shouldn't be on social media when i'm going through those incubation periods because it all it does is like lead me to compare myself agreed um mm-hmm. and again every artist has their season too like yeah not everyone's successful all the time no yeah
0: some people are like successful in the first year some people aren't successful for 40 years and then all of a sudden they take off or it's yeah. just like sporadic right But I was, I was wondering, because I know for me, when I'm in a depressive state, if I go on social media, it kills me. Mm -hmm. And, and I was just hoping you weren't going on there and like letting that get into your, you know, get into your psyche. So that's good. sounds like you got a healthy approach to everything. Artsy has been very good to you. Did you have any technique? Because this is an artist podcaster, other artists too. Did you have any techniques that you used when you were getting your work on artsy? Or was it just that people were just loving your shit and buying it?
1: Um, I think I was like, uh, again, like my background is kind of in like marketing PR and things like that. So I definitely like understand like search engine optimization and things like yeah. that. And so I, I know enough to kind of understand the how the, how the algorithm of Artsy works. Mm-hmm. And so my approach was uh, you just had to keep you had to get at least like two pieces out a week. um, on to get it posted onto artsy. Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: that's, I don't know what, how their platform is set up, but getting two pieces out a week onto the platform just really push, I think pushes you onto like their main page or their searches and stuff. Because when, when I stopped doing that, like when I went into my little hibernation period, I Mm -hmm. wasn't putting any work out. That's when my sales like just overnight stopped
0: yeah that's crazy um, right yeah did you say like two is like the sweet spot or are you saying like two or more
1: uh i think like two is definitely like kind of the or at least it was i haven't uploaded anything to artsy in a while so yeah. i don't algorithms change all the time
0: yeah um, for sure
1: so that's what and it, it could was. be different
0: for a different artist too right
1: that yeah that too yeah. Um, but that's just what worked for me i I don't know it could have also been coincidence like that my art was just kind of relevant to like kind of cathartic to the pandemic because it was so like snarky and people were frustrated yeah. and yeah
0: I think people are still frustrated so
1: <laughs> yeah even so more think,
2: now
0: yeah right so I think you i mean I, I don't think your the theme of your work will, go out of style. Uh, People like that style. So I think, I think if you were able to get back into the flow of putting stuff up two times a week, it'll start going off the shelves again.
1: Yeah. That's definitely the goal. Like after the solo show, I think I'm just going to really like focus on, on my brand and my content because before, like I was really trying to establish myself and in the art community. And so I was applying to a lot of calls and I was almost like making myself fit. Yeah. into the community but not to i'm not anywhere near where i want to be but i feel like that stage of trying to become an artist i've kind of outgrown mm-hmm. um and for so sure. it's definitely like time for me to focus and hone like what muka means
0: Ooh, i love it yeah cool i'm excited to see what comes out starting hey. with the solo show i know you said you're doing kind of like medium to large pieces right I don't know if you want to give away too much information about the show, but
1: yeah, Yeah, there'll (laughs) be uh, like, there'll be different price points. There'll be some bigger, higher price point things, but um, there'll definitely be uh, like a good amount of uh, like uh, attainable price points. So
0: good. Like gateway drug price point ones.
1: Yeah, I think I'm gonna try to like have like original some original pieces like right around like 200 I think because that's you know like people that want art but can't really get the three thousand plus dollar pieces. Yeah. So yeah, there's there will be a lot of little little price ranges.
0: Cool, that's great. Um, So we're gonna I'm gonna go to like a little bit of the rapid fire stuff if you don't mind. Do you have like a little time? Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, If you've listened to the podcast, you know some of these. So what would you say is your superpower maybe you've already answered this a little bit but something that gets you like really creating this could be something as easy as well i just i need the incubation period to process stuff or whatever like you see a documentary that really gets your juices flowing or you put on some music in the studio and that gets you going or is there something that you have that you do that's unique to you
1: uh no i'm still figuring that out (laughs) uh yeah i i that, that's why it's so hard for me on the on the zoom calls, because everyone wants to hear about my art and how I got to it. I'm like, I'm so dissociated and like depressed. Like I have no idea. It just kind of happens. <laughs> and so just like my depression just happens. I think my art just happens. Like-
0: I wonder if you could like do some sort of self induced like, you know, I was telling you how I do these little things where I can revisit. I wonder if you like were to be able to put on a certain type of music from a certain era or whatever or a song that gets you into that mindset and it could like trigger trigger a state where it gets you creative. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I would love I would love that 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 on button. I would love to find that.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Seriously. I think we all would. Okay. Well, that's cool. So that's fine. I love it. I love the honest answer. What about? I always, this one I get pushed back on a lot. Biggest failures. I don't mean it in like, oh my God, you mm-hmm. failed. I mean like something that you did that didn't work out and what, and you learned something from it or it propelled you in a new direction.
1: I think, uh, honestly, I feel like my biggest lesson I'm learning right now. Um, and it's, there is a collaborative aspect to my uh, solo show. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's going to be, so dope like I'm so excited for the whole show like just as a whole um and this collaborative part of it is is really gonna bring it together but the thing that I learned about it is I guess it's kind of a failure but it's it's more of a lesson Mm -hmm. um I'm learning that I have to just take things as they are and not try to make them like I don't know how to even explain this.
0: Like acceptance.
1: Like, uh,
0: or a surrender type. Like,
1: I, I, okay. So like, just, just like in pure honesty, like this is my solo show. I feel like I should have kept it just my solo show and not Mm -hmm. had a collaborative piece to it, but I just have, I, I dream big and I I set all these huge expectations and Mm -hmm. like, I have this whole vision and like in this in this solo show, I just needed help like executing the fine details of of this. And what I've learned from this process is to kind of take it back a little bit, and mm. not to not to say don't dream big and don't have aspirations and things, but just really just soak in the moments that are given to you for you, and mm. don't don't just. Don't get lost in the clouds, basically, because then you're just going to make it so stressful for yourself. And like you're going to bring on things that you're not particularly ready for at moments that you're not ready for. And so I think that's what I'm learning now is like maybe I should have kept this just my solo show and kind of honed it myself as opposed to having a collaborative piece to it Mm -hmm. um, and like giving away a little bit of of that power to collaboration yeah we'll we'll
0: see is this is this part of the surprise too uh it's
1: i would not say it's a surprise but it's just it's all going to make sense at the end (laughs) yeah it'll it'll make sense
0: yeah Yeah. well i like that there i mean it's good to dream big but it's also good to be practical right and to have to have that time to have you time you know to soak it up for yourself I'm intrigued now. So you're doing a good job of intriguing us to go see the show. <laughs> okay. What about advice to young Muka? Now this doesn't even have to be art advice. This could be life advice, something that you've learned in your travels and in your, uh, in your growth as an artist, as a human being, what would you impart on your younger self?
1: On my younger, like bigot- like 2019 Muka when I started.
0: Or any age, like this could be Muka age four. Age eight, Um, age 16, whatever.
1: Hmm. I would say, I think, uh, I would want to talk to like, yeah, like 2019 freshly moved to LA Muka. Okay. And it would be, don't get carried away by what people say. Mm -hmm. Uh, this is speaking to like LA people, LA artists. Yes. Uh, there's going to be a lot of people that name drop and, And gallery drop and say all these things and they're gonna, you're gonna get caught up in that. Don't. Like, stay humble, stay focused. And don't pay attention. It's all noise. It's all noise. Yeah.
0: I love uh, that answer.
1: Yeah, you're gonna get yourself into some pickles if, if you get carried away with all of that.
0: For sure. And you're right, especially in LA. And some people use it almost as like psychological warfare. You know what I mean? Like they'll sometimes drop something like, oh, you did, well, I've done this. Did you know that I did this gallery with such and such and I've done so and And you're, then you're like, oh shit, like I'm not doing anything. And a lot of it is just noise. People like to just make up shit. And even if it is true, who cares? Right. Yeah. 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 I love that answer. Thanks. sorry did but, I cut you off did you
1: <laughs> no no I just I'm thinking back to the moment that I learned that and it's just like such a cringe moment I'm just like oh my oh. god I wish like I didn't know I don't know how I didn't know how LA functioned and how yeah. people are here not all people but there are those people definitely um, yeah so
0: well look it's an important thing for us to all learn in the art world right yeah, especially in LA, <laughs> it's like a survival thing. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to move on to, we'll keep it simple. This will be the last one before we ask if you have anything you want to say, but where do you see Muka's art in five years?
2: In or where do you want to see it? Uh,
1: I honestly, I would love, like, we kind of touched on it earlier. Like, I, I want to get, like, start kind of collaborating with with brands
2: yeah, and, like,
1: kind of making, like, luxury more relatable to mm-hmm. like millennials and gen x and just you know like the normal people i feel like it's so it's so like high fashion and things like that but like i would love like a chanel bag that said fuck it on it or something yes. you know so like I-, I don't know if that will ever happen but i would love to see that
0: happen i think you could do it yeah 100 percent. like yeah. it's just about connecting the dots
2: mm-hmm. and,
0: and it's there you're you're there you have the right aesthetic with your work and the great right mindset so I love it I hope that happens for you thank you is there well first of all where can people find you online
1: uh online on all platforms it's at art by muka same as my uh, website www.artbymuka.com awesome
0: and I love your website okay. by the way
1: oh thank you yeah I just got a little facelift
0: oh yeah it's cool I love how you have the the kind of preview for the show a little yeah. like teaser trailer yeah everybody if you don't know we're talking about i'm not going to explain it. you have to go check it out go check it out art correct yes okay cool and is there anything that you want to say plug talk about at the end like you feel like we didn't cover something or do you feel pretty uh, good about where we are
1: no i feel pretty good about where we are um just like i wanted to say thank you for having me i felt yeah. like Oh my god, it was such a like a little like cloud moment when you just like pulled me aside and were like, "Can you do you want to be on my podcast?" And I was like, "Oh my god, I've made it." Like yeah. I've made
0: it. <laughs> you made it. That's right. I've made was, it.
1: You're I'm on the podcast. Oh, I
0: love that. That Oh, that's such a cool story. I love that. Um, well, I think it was one of those things where I've always wanted to have you on the podcast mm-hmm. and I was waiting for the perfect moment and mm-hmm. I was like, this is the perfect moment. I just knew, right in the moment. And I was like, here, "Here's Muka. She's standing at the gallery. She, you know, she's talking to people. She's smoozing with some people. She curated the show. I'm going to pull her aside and ask her." And you know, there was a part of me that was like thinking you were going to go, "No, nah, I don't want to do the podcast." Oh my
1: god! <laughs> <laughs> no, I, your podcast is actually like the the like the key of what got me to apply to Shockbox. You did that podcast oh, really? with Mike. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. uh, I feel like I talked, I feel like this podcast was about Mike.
0: I keep talking about it. No, no. Mike's (laughs) got his fingers in all the pies, you know?
1: Yeah. uh, I I listened to that podcast with you and him. uh, And it really just kind of like, I was like, oh yeah, this, I'm going to fit here. Um, And so ever since then, I was like, oh my God, like one day I'm going to be on Preston's podcast too. (laughs) And someone's going to listen to me and they're going to apply.
0: Hell yeah. And you're going to inspire other people. Yeah. I love it. It's like a full circle moment.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a full circle moment. So thank you.
0: Cool. Way to end on like a super fun high note. Yeah. So check out Muka's work. Check out her solo show. April 2nd, Sugar Coated is the name. And it is what? It'll be like six to nine, right? Yeah, six six to nine. nine. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Okay,
0: cool. Well, it's been awesome to have you on.
1: Awesome. Thank you, Stick around
0: for a second because I want to ask you a couple of things off mic. But thanks for coming on.
1: Thank you. Bye.
0: Bye. If you want to see more of what I do and check out the art that I create, you can visit my website at www.pmsartwork.com or follow me on social media everywhere at PMS Artwork. That's it for now. See you back here next time.